Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. All right, good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to church today, and I also want to welcome you to round three of our message series, Our Family Fights, and today we're talking about how to fight for your marriage. When I was in seventh grade, uh, my youth pastor challenged everyone in our youth group to begin to start a, a prayer journal. A prayer journal is a little thing where, like, you write down your prayer request, and then out beside it, you write the date you start praying, and then when God answers that prayer, in the third column, you write down the day he answered it, and then by doing so, you can see God's activity in your life. Well, one of the things that I wrote down in my prayer journal was to pray, to start praying for the girl that would one day be my wife. And uh, I wrote down that I wanted to, I, I prayed for her that she would be kind and thoughtful and generous and beautiful and loving and intelligent and that um, she would love God, that she would be pure and that other boys would keep their hands off my woman, you know. I mean, I prayed all those things for her. And, um, and you know, and, and, and Amy, my wife, no, no exaggerating, she is everything I ever prayed for. Everything. She's everything I ever prayed for and more. And God answered every single one of those prayers. And what I didn't realize at the time was that I was actually fighting for my future marriage in seventh grade. I mean, as an awkward little junior high guy, I had already started fighting for my marriage. You know, and I think that's, that's a really important thing because um, I, it's, not, it's not like I, I don't fight anymore. I still fight for my marriage because I think the devil would like nothing more than to tear my marriage apart. He would like nothing more than to tear every marriage apart, okay? And so you and I, we've got to all fight for our marriage because if we don't fight for our marriages, who will? Who will? And I think that, you know, before you get married, you kind of have this notion that if you get married to the one, you know, that marriage is going to all be buttercups and sunshine every day, okay? But, you know, if you've been married for like, you know, longer than a month, like, you realize that's just not how it really is, okay? Look, we're in a fight. And if you're married, you're in a fight. You're either fighting with the person that you're married to, or you're fighting for the person you're married to. And honestly, there's not a lot of middle ground when you're talking about marriage, okay? And for the, honestly, for those in this room that aren't married yet... You ought to start making the commitments that we're talking that we're going to be talking about today because it is never too early to begin to fight for your marriage. Now, as you might expect, the Bible gives us lots of instruction and helps when it comes to marriage. 
And it begins at the very beginning with the very first marriage. And it's through the instruction that God gives to Adam and Eve that we find some key instructions about marriage. And picking up some other principles along the way, God gives us some key practices that will help us to fight for our marriage as we you know, go on through this life. And so um, that brings this, us to the question, how can I fight for my marriage? Go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. How can I fight for my marriage? Number one, I need to put my marriage above my kids. I need to put my marriage above my kids. In Genesis chapter 2, beginning of verse 18, this is what God says. You know, because if we're going to put our marriage above our kids, I mean, we need to follow God's instruction. You know, and the truth is, kids are great. I mean, I got two of them, you know. I've rarely thought about trading them in, okay. But one thing that I have learned is that I have to put my marriage above my kids. Look what God says. The Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of, the, one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. <laughs> and I do think he said it like that. Um, For she was taken out of the man. For this reason, a man will leave, I want you to circle the word leave, we're going to come back to it. A man will leave his father and mother and be united, circle those two words, be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. Look, God gives you and I two clear things that we're to do when you're married. First is leave. He says that you're supposed to leave. You got to leave home. Look, and part of that means is that after you get in a fight with your spouse, that you don't call and tattle to your parents, okay? You've got to leave them out of it. Now, look, I mean, I'm not talking about an abusive situation. But other than that, you've got to leave your parents. The second thing that he tells us we've got to do is this. He tells us that we need to be united, okay? Now, that word, be united, those two words, be united literally means to cling to or cleave to, and it encompasses two qualities, two things, affection and loyalty. It encompasses two qualities, affection and loyalty. Now, first it means, it talks about affection, It means that a husband and wife are to become one flesh by showing their affection to one another. Now, do I really need to explain what that means in church? I mean, do I really need to spell it out for you? Okay? All right. But it also means a second thing. Okay? It also means a second thing. It means that they're to show their loyalty to one another. They're showing their loyalty to one another. Now think about this. Loyal over who else? I mean, who else was around? I mean, it's just Adam and Eve. Uh, so God probably had in mind something other than cheating. 
Because, I mean, who was there to cheat with? So, I wonder who God was referring to when he told Adam and Eve that they had to be loyal to each other. Yeah, kids, kids, because God knew that Adam and Eve were going to have kids. And so what he's telling them, he says he wants them to be unified, to be loyal to each other first. Now, look at this passage. Look look at these verses. Look carefully. Where in these verses does it talk about kids? Where does it talk about? about Adam and Eve and to, to, to Adam and Eve about the role of kids in the life of the family. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It didn't say anything about that. Because look, God knew that Adam and Eve, you no, know, when they were over in this corner, that when kids come along, they have a tendency to take over the family, don't they? I mean they just they just simply take over. But look Adam, he says, hey, Adam and Eve, don't forget, you need to be loyal to each other first. You need to be unified. Don't forget that. Be loyal to each other first. Look, because when children are born, children are supposed to join your family, not run your family. Now, when they're first born and when they're really small, it certainly feels like they run your family, doesn't it? Okay? But you need to get hold of that pretty quickly. Because if you don't, then those kids fight to stay there. And that's not God's plan. God says that kids aren't supposed to be the center of the family. Your marriage is supposed to be the center of your family. And studies show that kids are actually better adjusted and more secure when mom and dad have a healthy marriage because they working, they're working on their marriage. And they're constantly doing things to develop their marriage. Okay? So, God wants you to be united with your wife, to be loyal to your, to your wife as a spouse. And so, how? How can we move from this corner where the family revolves around the kids to this corner? Where we put our marriage above our kids. The way God wants us to. Well, here's the first thing. Let me give you your bullet points. Here's the first one. Maintain a regular date night. Maintain a regular date night. Look, I mean, this is one thing every couple should commit to. No matter how long you've been married. Keep a regular date night. Look, Amy and I, we have a regular date night on the schedule with the sitter. Planned out at least once a month. At least once a month. And look, if you can do more than once a month, I mean, that's awesome. That's great. But you need to do this at least once a month. That's one key way that you can put your marriage above your kids. Okay? Second thing you can do is this. Do short getaways at least two times a year. Short getaways at least twice a year. I mean, just an overnight. I mean, if you can, do two nights. But get away, just the two of you. Do it at least twice a year. Now, the secret to this is to plan it. Because look, here's the deal. You're never going to have a free weekend. You're not. You're never going to have a free weekend. So listen, you need to plan to free up a weekend to go spend it together. I mean, that's what you got to do. 
Look, and don't fall into the trap that says, you know, well, you know what? We'll do that once the kids are grown and out of the house. You know, if you do that, you will, once the kids move out of the house, you'll be staring at a person that you haven't spent any quality time with in the last 18 years. That is a very dangerous place to be. So don't get there. Do short getaways at least twice a year. Next, vacation without the kids. Vacation without the kids. I mean, I'm not saying every vacation, okay? But at least some of them. Look, and I'm talking about like a full-on vacation. And try to do it at least once a year, but if the budget won't allow it, you know, do it every other year. Make it work. You know, do something like, you know, go hiking in the hill country. Go on a cruise out of Galveston together. Go snow skiing while the kids are in school and they can't go. You know, just get in the car and drive and go see parts of America that you've never seen before. I mean, do some vacations without the kids. And look, none of this stuff has to be like super expensive. You know, Amy and I, we've been doing a bunch of, uh, we found a bunch of stuff on Groupon lately. And it has made doing these kinds of things really cost effective for us and our family. Okay? Next, develop adult friends. You need to develop adult friends. This is especially hard when your kids are young. But honestly, it's really important that you have other adult friends that you and your spouse can hang out with. I'm talking about friends that you have as a couple, not friends that you have as individuals, okay? And when you develop these kinds of adult kinds of friends, you know what that does? You go hang out with them. It keeps your family from just revolving around your kids, okay? So, where can you find adult couple friends at Parkway Fellowship? That's right, in a small group. That's right. So look, when you're in a small group this fall, take the time to get to know some of the other couples in your small group. Go out to eat with some of them. Make some new friends. And if you haven't signed up for a small group, you can still do that online. But develop adult friends, okay? Here's the next thing you can do. Read The Creative Marriage by Ed and Lisa Young. This is a great book. Um, Amy and I have a goal every year that um, we read a marriage book and a a parenting book together, and then we talk about it. It's a book we read several years ago. Um, Man, it's just an awesome book, and it really helped us solidify our commitment to date nights and to go on vacations together. Great book. Highly recommend it. Okay? Um, Next thing is this. Read a book called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by John Gottman. This is a book that Amy and I read this year. Um, This is an incredible book. Uh, Before I opened this book, I sat down and I thought, okay, I wonder what these seven principles are. And I thought, what would the seven principles, what should they be? So I wrote them down. And I opened the book and I realized I got none of them right. Okay? None. And then after reading the book, I realized... He had them right. I mean, he's dead on. This is an incredible book. Amy and I are still working our way through this book as far as talking about it. Man, it's a great book. So I highly recommend this one as well. Okay? All right. Now, number two, what what else does God say we need to do to fight for our marriage? He says this. God says that I need to put God above my marriage. I need to put God above my marriage. Look at this verse. Jesus is talking to a huge crowd of people that are following behind him, waiting to hear what he's going to say next. And then Jesus stops. 
he turns around and he says to the crowd this. He says, if you want to be my follower, you must love me more than your own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, more than your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. What's Jesus saying here? He's saying that we have to put Christ above every other relationship on earth. Above moms, dads, children, even your spouse. I need to put my relationship with God above my spouse. I need to put God above my marriage. Now, how do you put God above your marriage? Practically, you do that by putting God in the middle of your marriage. And when you do that, instead of your marriage revolving around your kids, your marriage then revolves around God. That's, that's what he's getting at. That's what he's saying here. Now, look, this doesn't mean that your marriage is going to be smooth sailing and that you're never going to have to fight for your marriage. No, you, will, you are going to have to fight for your marriage. But would you rather fight in this corner without God or in this corner with God? I mean, which one do you think you can stand the better chance of success? Yeah, I mean, the truth is, probably the reason that you're even here in church is because you realize that you just can't navigate all of life by yourself, and so you know you need something else. And you might not even be convinced that that something is Christ, not yet. But I'm telling you, that missing piece in your life is Jesus Christ. In fact, if you've never become a Christ follower before, then I'm telling you, nothing will change your marriage more. Because the deal is, is that your sins separate you from God. But if you will ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, he will forgive you of all of your sins, and then you can have a relationship with God, and he can help you navigate the waters of marriage. He can change you. He can change your marriage. But to do that, you've got to pray a prayer and ask him to come into your life to forgive you and pledge your life to following him as best you can from this day forward. Have you ever done that? Have you ever prayed that kind of a prayer? There's a sample of that kind of prayer at the bottom of your message notes. If you have never prayed a prayer like that to become a Christ follower, man, I'm going to tell you, I want to encourage you, do that today. And you can do it like right now, or you can do it at the end of our service. Because I'm telling you, you cannot let God save your marriage until you let God save you. It's true. But becoming a Christ follower is only the first step. What else can you do beyond that to let God be above your marriage? Okay, here's your bullet points. Number one, here's the first one. Pray with your, I need to pray with my spouse. I need to pray with my spouse. Let me ask this, do you pray with your spouse? You know, for some people, this is like really difficult to do, especially if you didn't grow up, you know, seeing it done or having your parents model it for you. It's very difficult for me to do, truthfully, because I didn't see it modeled growing up. And so this is something that Amy and I, you know, we do, but I would sure like to do it a lot more. And so what can you do to pray with your spouse? Well, you can 
pray with your spouse whenever like big issues or things come up. Y'all can pray together about that. You can pray each night before you get to bed. You can pray on your way out the door to work or to school in the morning. Do you pray with your spouse? That would be putting God above your marriage and keeping God in the middle of your marriage. Okay, second thing is this. Memorize verses together. You ever thought about this one? Memorize verses together. You know, what if you're at church, you hear a great verse, you think, oh man, that would be an awesome verse for me and my family. You know, maybe Nehemiah 4.14, the theme verse for this whole message series. You know, remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And that is an awesome verse. That's an awesome verse. You know what? And y'all can kind of make a game out of it together. You know, like, hey, let's memorize verses together. And the first one to miss a verse has to buy the other Starbucks. You know, whatever. You know? But memorize verses together. Third thing that you can do is this. Share what God's teaching you. Share what God is teaching you. Honestly, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I almost hated making share the fill-in because, like, men, like, freak out. And it's like, oh, let's share. Let's just sit around the table and share our feelings with one another. You know? I mean, look, guys, it doesn't, like, have to be weird like that. You know? I mean, the reality is you're in a fight. You're in a fight for your marriage, whether you realize it or not. So quit hiding behind your skirt. And get it together and open up to your wife. Open up and just talk to her. Start to develop and deepen that relationship. Look, I'm not saying, that, I'm not saying you got to like sit down and cry. All right? But you do got to open up and talk. And you can talk about the things that God is teaching you at small group. Or maybe you can talk about the things that God's teaching in church. Maybe you can just make a commitment every week to say, hey, what's one thing you got out of church today? That'd be a pretty easy conversation to have. But you need to share what God's teaching you. All right. Number four is this. Read spiritual growth books together. Read spiritual growth books together. Look, I mean, I know, I don't want this to start sound like a book fair or anything like that. Um, but seriously, I mean, one thing that you can do is you can begin, you can pick out books that challenge you to grow spiritually. Now, guys, don't pick out a book a specific book because that's something you want to fix in your wife, okay? Don't go buy her like, you know, the 40-day desert diet, okay? Don't do that, all right? If you do something like that, I, the truth is I can't help you, okay? I mean, that's just, that's just it. But look, pick out a book that is going to challenge both of you to grow closer to Christ. And then after you read it, get together and talk about it. Talk about what it is that God showed you, what he talked to you about, and how maybe it is that God might want to change something in your marriage or in your family. Okay. Now let me say something to those in this room that, are, that your marriage is in like a 911 state. Okay? First, go get some Christian counseling. Go get some Christian counseling. Look, Going to a counselor is not an admission of weakness. It's getting serious about fighting what's worth fighting for. That's what it really is. Look what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. 
Stupid people always think they are right. Wise people listen to advice. Proverbs 2018. Make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain guidance. So if you go to a Christian marriage counselor, you're getting advice from someone who is specifically trained to help marriages that are in a 911 state, and more specifically, to help those marriages get back on track, the track that God wants that marriage to be on. Now, if you get that kind of advice, you're going to be able to fight for your marriage and win. Stupid people are the ones who don't listen to anybody and think they're always right. Wise people get advice. This hangs in the bathroom at our house. This is a picture of the night that Amy and I got engaged. Below is a Bible verse, but on top is... um, a card that Amy wrote that said, what I want my husband to be like. Because when she was young, she was challenged to begin to pray for the man that she would once marry. Or she would one day marry. And she said, what I want my husband to be like. Someone who is a Christian, understanding, sensitive, loving, caring, generous, open, wise, dedicated, loyal, virgin. Someone who wants children and would be a good dad. Someone who supports me, knows me, has always been faithful and will always be faithful. Someone who is secure, can stand on his own, has goals, and expects the best from himself. Now, here's the deal. Amy started praying for her her husband when she was in third grade. I'm four years older than Amy. And we began to pray, we realized that we began to pray for each other in the very same year. How cool is that? Because look, If you're not married yet, it's never too early to begin to fight for your marriage. And if you already are married, it's never too late to begin to fight for your marriage. And how do you do that? You fight by putting your marriage above your kids. By making a commitment to go on date nights, do short getaways, vacation without the kids, develop adult friends, read books together that will challenge you as parents and as a married couple. You fight by putting God above your marriage. You do that by praying together, by memorizing verses together, by sharing what God is teaching you together, by growing spiritually together. When you do these types of things, you will begin to fight For the person that you are married to. And not with the person you are married to. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. And on the card and on the notes. I want you to to check the next step or steps. That you're willing to take today. To fight for your marriage. This first one. This is if you're single. I make a commitment to start praying for my future spouse now. And I'll say this, moms and dads, if you're already not praying, you ought to be praying for your kids' future spouses. You ought to be doing that. You ought to be doing that even with your kids. That's a little bonus. You got that for free. All right, number two. 
I commit to go on a date night with my spouse at least once a month. You can do that. Make that commitment. Go on a date night with your spouse at least once a month. Make that commitment right now. I challenge every person in this room to do it. Three, I commit to a getaway at least twice a year and a vacation without kids. Would you make that one? It's huge. It's awesome. Four, I will read one of the books recommended today. Would you do it? Read one of the books recommended today. Next, I will start to pray with my spouse regularly. It's hard to do, especially if you didn't see it modeled as a kid, but you can do it. Just, just start. Just start. Next, I will begin to memorize verses with my spouse, starting with Genesis 2.24. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his, with his wife, and they will become one flesh. Genesis 2.24, great verse. It's so deep and rich in its meaning. Would you memorize it? As a couple, start there. Next, I will share what God is teaching me with my spouse. Would you do that? If you're just starting with, hey, what's one thing you got out of church today? That'd be a great question to ask each day, each Sunday afternoon at lunch. What's one thing you got out of church today? Give me anything. Or last, I want to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life today. If you've never prayed that prayer that's on the bottom of your message notes, and you're ready to pray that prayer right now, or you prayed it a little while ago, I want you to make sure that you check that box because I want to mail you some free stuff in the mail that will help you get started. I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. It's on a little table just before you walk outside of each of these doors. Grab one on your way out today. Let me pray for all of us as Pat and the worship team come back out. Father, (laughs) thank you. Thank you, God, that you give us so much help and so much direction and so much guidance when it comes to marriage that you want us to be unified, unified in our affection, unified in our loyalty to one another. And I pray for couples in this room that, you know, they have a good marriage, but God, they want it to be great. And I ask that they would take two or three of the things that we've talked about today, that you've talked about today, and you would inspire them to make their marriage great. I pray for those marriages in this room that are in a 911 state. Father, that they would go get some Christian counseling. That they, that they would obtain wise advice as they make war. War against the evil one who would like nothing more than to destroy their marriage. And that you would begin to show them the way out. And they would put you above their marriage by putting you in the middle of their marriage. And ask you to help all of us to do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282. 